welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Adam Pierce and Peter Gardner about how they help business owners build the best experience for their customers. Adam and Peter are the founders of Blend Commerce, the e-commerce customer experience agency. Adam and Peter have worked with over 200 Shopify retailers to help them provide memorable customer experiences that drive growth in revenue and profit. As Shopify experts and Klaviyo specialists, over the past four years, they have grown one of UK's fastest growing Shopify expert agencies. As Shopify experts and Klaviyo specialists, over the past four years, they have been growing one of the UK's fastest growing Shopify expert agencies, Blend Commerce. And in that time, they've had the pleasure to help some of Shopify's best loved brands tackle the growth that they have seen in their business. In 2021, they were proud to have launched their unique on-demand digital department, which scraps the traditional agency model for the benefit of their clients. Welcome, Adam and Peter. Great to be here. Thanks, Virginia. Thanks very much. Thank you guys for coming on. So this is going to be a fun one. I think customer experience is huge in the online world, especially. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, to answer you, we kind of saw there was a bit of a gap in the sense that people and brands that are on Shopify were kind of doing some of the customer experience side of things. But um, I think in terms of formalizing that and, and being really serious about it and making sure they're tracking the right metrics, we don't think that that is, was there and really still is there. So that's kind of how we're here to help. So how did you guys get started in this industry? Yeah, so I mean, it's going back almost a decade now. Um, essentially, I started freelancing in in, in the Shopify space. Um, I was actually trying to build my own few e-commerce businesses and, and in the process taught myself how to code and how to optimize websites. Um, a couple of years of doing that and uh, then managed to convince this guy next to me that um, it was a great place to be in and that it needed somebody with his marketing capabilities to to join up with me and, and the two of us could form an agency. Mm-hmm. Um, three months of doing that together. It was, yeah. yeah three months of doing that together. Being your employee, which yeah. is horrible. Yeah, he was, he was my employee in that, in that original company. Um, yeah, and we, then we then sort of wrapped that up into, and then we, we created a company this side. Um, I say this side. I was freelancing and, and I was based out of Hong Kong and then I moved over here. And then that's when we converted that to Blend um with the two of us uh, forming forming the founders of blend um and that's essentially how we happened to stumble into this <laughs> this industry so who so do you work solely with shopify owners or is there like online companies that you guys yeah so we only work with shopify store owners and i think yeah, the, the reason for that is that there is obviously still huge growth in Shopify. Yes, there are other platforms out there, but you know our team completely specializes within getting the best. And also, I guess, from a kind of a subset of Shopify merchants. So we kind of tend to work with merchants who are in that kind of high growth stage, have been in their business for maybe a couple of years already, and are looking to kind of excel then to kind of expand their business, expand their team. Um, so yeah, it's 100% Shopify for us. So do you have a niche within Shopify or is it kind of just Shopify? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good question. And, you know, some agencies out there do kind of like to go on a particular niche in terms of look, apparel or luxury goods. Um, I think the thing that me and Pete have always kind of discussed is that, look, whatever industry you're in, if you're doing that same thing again and again, A, it gets very repetitive. And are you not necessarily at the top of your game? So when we kind of look for clients, what we look at is, look, do we have someone in that business who's looking to grow, who has ambition and is willing to have us as kind of a trusted advisor within their business? And the benefit of that is that, look, it, it casts our net a little bit wider in some respects, but also it keeps our, te- our team and ourselves on our t- uh, their toes. So, for example, you know, I know this morning, one of our developers, he would have been working this morning on a pet brand store and then in the afternoon been working on an apparel store. And tomorrow, then they're going to be working with a very niche product, which is actually an online casket company. So all those different businesses, it just means that, A, yes, people kind of don't get bored. And also the benefit, I think, to kind of clients is that we can use things and techniques that might work well in one niche or vertical and then kind of transplant that together. And I think that's kind of what we we firmly believe in, isn't it, of, of how we maintain the standards that we have. Yeah, I think I think it, it, you know the cross learnings have always been the biggest thing for us. Um, you know, one thing that works for a pet brand could work for an apparel brand, um, and it's things that if we were just going down that one niche, we're never going to sort of expand our horizons to be able to see that next thing on the other side that could be working in that niche that's working on a different niche. Yeah, it keeps you guys being able to learn too, right? Mm, absolutely and i think you know, it's it's so important because look shopify and e-commerce in general changes so so quickly um you know on a month-to-month basis and you know if, if you don't have that ability to maintain that kind of level of, of visibility of what's happening in the market you soon fall behind so i think that element too is is super important are there a couple of mistakes that you guys kind of see your clients making um in like the customer service aspect i mean how long have you got virginia um <laughs> uh, <well. laughs> yeah i mean we i mean pete i'll let you kind of give a bit of insight uh, on some recent ones yeah are we, are we talking specifically around customer service or are we talking about just in general with with their with their e-commerce business well i guess the customer relations side like do you have any tips for us that we can maybe think about or how we can maybe implement with our business, like with us and the listeners and stuff. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things that I see a lot is we, we tend to work, like Adam said earlier, we tend to work with businesses that are in that high growth phase. So they're going from being that one or two person business to going to scale, to get employees, to have a team around them. And I think what a lot of people are doing is they holding on to just being themselves for too long and they're almost getting too much into the weeds of growing their e-commerce business. And when I say that, they're trying to extend themselves into being the conversion rate optimization person, plus being the, the email marketing, plus being the customer service themselves. And in the end, they sort of just stretching themselves too far where their ability to add the value is by growing their brand and by growing their product offering and maybe maybe developing new products that can complement the ones that they've got. And instead they're focusing on things that they should be relinquishing to team members, getting, getting employees in, or working with external agencies or companies to help them with those different elements. 
And it's just the nature of it. You know, when you're starting a young business, you want to do everything yourself. We, we mm. you know, ourselves, we've made this mistake in the past. You want to do everything yourself. And, and essentially you setting that standard, but ultimately you need to start letting go a bit more and you sort of need to de delegate those tasks and actually get yourself out and work on your business instead. Yeah, I think the other thing as well with that is that kind of in the early stage and, you know, a lot of business gets sucked into this is that you focus very much so on bringing those customers in. So, you know, if you want to use kind of the e-commerce and that kind of acquisition side, and what we see a lot of the time is that kind of once, you know, those credit card details have been put in, once that purchase happened, you know, a lot of businesses, and it doesn't matter whether you're in e-commerce, I think, great, that's it, we're done. You know, we, we've got their credit card details, we've got the product. But from the customer's point of view, their journey with you is only just starting. So, you know, once you've, you know, pay for something, we've all had that kind of buy remorse where, you know, if it's a, a brick and mortar store, you know, you go and buy that shirt and you think, oh, is it going to fit? You know, is it too expensive? Can I really afford it that month? And it's the same thing with e-commerce. You, know, you have an opportunity to reach out to those people to reduce that kind of buy remorse phase and then actually nurture a relationship with them. And we spend so much time on getting them into that point that we then kind of let that fall away. And I think, you know, from a, from a business point of view, it's something that a lot of companies do, but that's, you know, from a blend point of view, how we're trying to help Shopify merchants get better of focus on that piece after they've made that first purchase and keeping them as a kind of customer that's coming back and, and bringing up that retention level. So true. Cause it's like, once you've done all that hard work to get them to make their first purchase, it's not as much hard work to get them to come back. Right. Absolutely. And, and the cost, you know, as well, the, the cost to an acquire a customer is usually between sort of six and eight times more than it is to retain one. So, you know, it, it's it's simple terms, you know, you do the math kind of thing. It's it's much cheaper and therefore more profitable to get you know that person who's purchased you once before to purchase again, rather than go out there to, you know, Facebook or, you know, use your marketing channels to bring someone in. So, yeah, you, we've got to, you know, all businesses, it doesn't matter if you're in e-commerce or not, you've got to focus on keeping those customers in your business. So true. So what do you guys do to get in front of your ideal customers? I think the, the key word is being noisy. <laughs> I think is the, is the, the way we do it. And Peter, maybe you want to sort of tell Virginia a little bit more about some of the things that we've done and I can help out with that as too. Yeah, I mean, look, Adam has been in charge of, of blend marketing now well, pretty much from day one. Um, but slowly but surely, the rest of us are starting to sort of chime in. Um, we use LinkedIn mainly um, as our sort of acquisition channel. Um, we, as Adam put it, we are very noisy. Um, you know, there's sort of a lot of things that we throw at LinkedIn and then we analyze and see what sort of does for us. Um, I think one of the, the cheekiest tactics that we've been using is we've been sort of targeting brands that we would ideally love to work with. Um, and we've been doing mock-ups of how we would change their websites um, and essentially putting that out on social. And the funny thing is that's not really attracting the brand that we, that we're targeting. I mean, I think in some cases mm. we end up probably rubbing that the wrong way and they get a bit upset with what we're doing. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, the other side of it is their competitors or people in that niche are coming to us and going, Hey guys, I see what you've done there with that, with that brand. I would love that sort of type of look and feel implemented in ours. Um, and then they're then asking us to sort of do, do concepts for them or, you know, actually take that further and do full redesigns for them as well. 
Yeah. I can see how that might rub some the wrong way, but you're like, well, if you don't want it, I mean, your competitor right here, he's going for it, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I think that's it. We, because ultimately, yes, on the one hand, you know, we, we might kind of, you know, upset one brand in some way that we've, we've kind of, you know, and I think the brands that do get upset, the ones that feel like it's kind of an attack on what they've got, but actually the feedback we give is very constructive in terms of, look, if we were going to change this, we would change it for these reasons. And we think that it could have the impact to doing X. But I think the, the other thing is that we're also, you know, a lot of people talk about kind of giving value. And I think those kind of posts on LinkedIn do give value because we're essentially imparting our team's knowledge from a UI UX perspective and from a customer experience perspective. So, you know, that's that's really what those kind of social channels should be should be all about. So, you know, that's that's kind of one of the big things. But also, look, we we do a lot of kind of in-person events. Um, now that obviously things in the world, particularly in the UK, have opened up somewhat more. Um, and we definitely see there's a massive demand for that. Um, so yeah, it's I think look, 2022, 2023, um, definitely gonna be kind of a big year for us in terms of being noisy both in person and online as well. So true. It's like it's almost like some of us have to redefine what we're doing in the best way that we can get back out there and get. No, absolutely. So along with um, being noisy in person and online, what are a couple of your guys' big goals that you're hoping to achieve in the next year or two? So we, we as a company um, have, I guess, kind of expanded. And I guess what you could sort of say, the group of companies because we're blend, the way we describe it is the blend burger. The blend burger is basically being built out. And the way that we kind of look at it is that, look, if you, if you think about that burger, the patty in the middle is always going to be blend commerce the agency. But then when you start adding more ingredients in, that burger is getting bigger. So one of the things um, that we've, we've recently launched um, is that Peter and I have another company that's part of, I guess, this blend burger called Flame. And what we do with Flame is that we run a monthly event in London called the Ecom Collab Club, which is for agencies and tech partners to get together, learn about what each other is doing. And we run kind of a fireside chat with a different tech partner each month. And that's been a great thing for us you know, as, a, as a group of companies because it actually allows us to develop better relationships with tech partners that we use within Blend. Um, and also, obviously, it gives us another part of the business that we have. So that's kind of the, the one big thing that we're doing. The other thing as well is that we're adding in theme development and app development. So Shopify is kind of based on, on Shopify themes or templates. And we as an agency are going to be creating our own themes, which again, you know, is sort of, I guess, sort of thinking about it from a sort of a model. If people are buying the blend theme, then obviously there's going to be interest in us as an agency and also vice versa. Um, and then equally on the app front, we're also going to be developing apps for Shopify. So there is, you know, there is a lot to do the year ahead. Um, we are recruiting, you know, quite heavily at the moment, which is great to see. Um, but obviously, yeah, some some lofty expectations. But, you know, we we've grown very fast in the past and we want to continue that. Do you guys feel like there's any roadblocks that might be stopping you? Yeah. Hell <laughs> <laughs> yes. I had, look, there's plenty of roadblocks. I mean, you know, in terms of the roadmap of how we're doing this, we can, we, we've got these big plans to do it, but, you know, I don't think 
neither Adam or I could have expected what happened with Flame, with what we're doing with the Econ Collab Club. That's got bigger and better than we thought it was going to be. Um, it sort of exploded onto the scene and we're already looking at ways to expand that business. Um, and that's probably been sucking up quite a lot of our time now for us not to be able to then focus on the other few businesses that we needed or divisions of, of blend that we wanted to roll out as well. So that's essentially one of the biggest roadblocks is I, I think the surprising success of one of the other things that we've rolled out. And I think, you know, just general competition as well, you know, Shopify uh, in comparison to sort of, you know, five, six years ago is a, is a very different space. Um, you know, there is a lot more agencies, there are a lot more apps, there are a lot more themes. So, you know, although we might have an idea about what we're going to do right now, we're probably going to have to revise that six months down the line because the fact is there will be more apps that come in, more agencies, more themes. So, you know, it's, I say it like it's something easy. Um, it ain't going to be, <laughs> we know that, but we just got to kind of keep on our toes and make sure that we're listening and looking about what's going on in the market. Yeah, make sure you guys um, hire out so you guys can focus on what you do best, right? Absolutely. So, Peter, what is the best advice that you have ever received? Um, yeah, this is a, it's a difficult one. So I think it's probably MVP and iterate. I think that's the biggest advice I've ever, ever received. I think starting out, I was very much a perfectionist. Um, never wanted to ship anything until it was, you know, perfect and, and ready to push live or anything like that. And I think the biggest bit of advice I got, you know, probably right when I was starting this business and I can't even remember who gave it to me, but it was someone just said, just get something out there, just get it out there and see what happens because, you know, you might, you end up spending 80% of your time on that last 20%. And if you just don't worry too much about that last 20% and you get something out there, you're going to get it out there faster and then you're going to be able to test it and see what happens off the back of that. And I think a lot of what we do at Blend, and obviously now with the new company, Flame, we are literally just pushing it out there, seeing what happens. And whatever happens, we then just adjust off the back of that. So we're iterating, we're making changes, we're making it better than the next time we do it, basically, new versions of it. Yeah, it's a big one, because I think that's what holds a lot of entrepreneurs back, is not... Is this the perfectionism aspect of it? Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, it's it's a question that we tend to ask pretty much everybody that gets interviewed for Blend. Are you a completionist or a perfectionist? And you know, there's no right or wrong answer to the questions, but it's about knowing that there's a balance between the two, and it's just how they answer that question off the back of that gives us a good understanding of like how they're going to fit in with culture as well. Mm, so true. Adam, how about you? What's your advice? Yeah, um, I think probably the, the, and I hate to say, because my dad can be a real pain sometimes, but one of the pieces of advice that he gave me was that you're never going to please everybody. Um, and I think, you know, it, it's kind of, I guess, along the similar vein to what Peter was saying, but I think it's just that point that again, you know, in business and whether you're talking about customers or whether you're talking about your team, you're always going to have to make decisions that ultimately someone isn't going to like. And I think, you know, particularly for someone like me, who is, you know, quite a, I guess, kind of a sensitive person in the sense that I never want to upset people. That was always kind of a difficult thing for me to accept. 
And as I think what I've learned over time is that with that, yes, you're never going to please everyone, but if you can give people the logic and the reasoning as to why you've done something, you can get acceptance, which yes, is different to pleasing someone, but I think that's the most important thing. So, you know, when we make decisions in the business, you know, about different routes we're going down, markets going to tap into, services going to offer, there's always going to be someone who doesn't quite agree with that. But as long as I think in the back of our minds, we can say, look, we've justified why we're doing that. And these are the reasons for it. Then for me, I think that, you know, is a, is a good kind of leadership trait to have. And it like you, you told me that, or as you were telling us that I was thinking about being a parent and asking your kids to do something. And they're always like, why? And mm -hmm. explaining the reason to them, then like, oh, and then they can happily or merrily go off and do it. Otherwise you're going to get like resistance the whole time. And it's so true how it carries over like into the business world and stuff too, right? Like you just explain yourself and then you'll tend to have more acceptance and Absolutely. I mean, look, we've, we both have three-year-olds, so we know exactly that pain, Virginia. Um, and it's, yeah, it's interesting that, uh, you know, you use some of those, you use some of the tools as a parent in business and, and vice versa. So yeah, it comes in handy. <laughs> Is there any advice that either of you would like to share with us that you're like, oh yeah, this is a really, really good piece of advice that I have. Peter? Nah, I give Adam advice all the time. He just <laughs> never, never listens. So I don't think sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I think, look, for, from an entrepreneurship point of view, um, I think the main thing for me is to, whatever idea you're thinking of, cut it down. And what I mean by that is that, you know, it's good to kind of dream big and to, and to think about all the things that you could do. But I think one of the mistakes you know, that we made when we started an agency is that we believed that we could do, we could provide all of the services out there related to e-commerce brands. And I think, you know, sometimes that, you know, even, you know, for example, if you're an accountant or you have a bakery, there's always that thing, oh, we could do this and we could do that and we could offer the other. And I'd really feel that what we've learned is that over time, you realize that being really damn good at two to three things is being so, so much better and actually so much more profitable than being average at 20 things. And I think, you know, that's the thing that I feel when you see new business startups and we see it all the time with kind of, you know, new technologies, new agencies, there's always that rationale to go, look, yeah, we'll do everything, but actually just be damn good at two to three things. So true. Be, yeah, be really well known for that, right? Mm -hmm. So you two are brother-in-laws. For our sins, yes. <laughs> um, how has it been for you guys working with family, working with each other? I think roller coaster comes to mind. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think look, there was a lot of teething issues in the beginning, and uh, it took it took a lot of time for us to really understand each other. Mm. Um, but I think once we got to that point, and and also learning where the boundary is between work versus personal life. Um, that was important. Um, you know, even to this day, we sort of, we forget that boundary and we end up going for a, when he was over at my place just on the weekend for a bride, a bride is a South African barbecue. Um, and we started talking about work and you sort of got to check yourself and you're like, no, this is not the time. This is the weekend. We're not talking about work and you sort of got to draw yourself away from that conversation and, 
and just go back to actually having family time at that point. But I think yeah, the, the other side of it too is that, look, it also helps, I think, with the culture of our company because, because we are family as well. We've tried to sort of implement a bit of a fat, well, I say a bit, we do have a very much family focused culture within the company. And I think that's two, twofold. One is that, you know, making sure that our team understand that their family is the most important thing. So, you know, not having to, you know, book time off and for taking your kids, doctors, for example, which for us is just crazy. You know, that is the most important thing in life. You've got to get that sorted. But I think secondly, just that kind of level of care for one another and kind of being open and honest with each other. And, you know, and I think when you are family, you, you have the ability to do that. You know, if you think about with your own kids or with your brother and sisters, you have those open, frank conversations. And I think that's that's also going to help us, you know, to try and implement that within the company as well. I'm not saying we're perfect and I'm not saying that, that we we're always open and always vulnerable in the company. We're sure as hell not. But I think, you know, look, there are definitely times when that kind of mentality helps, um, you know, in terms of the whole team. Communication is really important, hey? Absolutely. You know, we, we have three core values in the company that we, we implement and we actually use as part of our professional development. And that's communication, teamwork and excellence. Um, and communication, you know, is is definitely, you know, important, not only verbally in written, but also we look at communication in terms of how we communicate as individuals on social media platforms about the things that we do. You know, people having their own voice, people giving justified opinions. Um, you know, and not kind of being this sort of, you know, corporate cookie cutter approach that, you know, some companies want their staff to post certain things on LinkedIn in particular ways that like we, we, we don't agree with that. You know, we want, we want people to, to see our team as individuals who are then part of the blend family. And, and that's, yeah, super, super important. Have their personalities, right? Absolutely. What is... Adam, you do more of the marketing aspect of it. Yeah, so I I kind of look after the the blend marketing side. Um, Peter is kind of more on the operations and the visionary side. So coming up with kind of the big ideas, um, and and then I kind of you know do all the sort of you know the the face of blend. So my ugly mug is tends to be on a lot of podcasts and videos and do my jazz hands everywhere. So yeah, I love it. <laughs> cool. Um, Peter, what do you, how are you, hmm, what am I trying to say? Peter, what are some of your favorite things that you like to do on your side of things? That, geez, I tend to change. I, I think I get bored. Um, and the problem is, and then that's probably part of the problem of why I've sort of changed into my role now. Um, I was on the operation side, running that side of things, but I think the whole process side of things, essentially I just get a little bit bored so I try and break out of that much to the frustration of uh, everybody around me and I, and I try and move a little bit faster and do things a bit differently um, every time um, and essentially that's why I've sort of changed roles Adam sort of touched on that a bit now I've moved into the visionary role at Blend um, I do I'm a very much a daydreamer I sort of come up with crazy things in my in my head and I stupidly mention them to Adam and uh, the next thing I know, there's a plan in place for us to implement some of these things. And, you know, that's sort of like how a lot of the things that we do at Blend are sort of now born. Um, and also what we're doing with Flame and the Econ Collab Club, it's, 
I mentioned silly things and the next thing Adam's planned it and we've got an event with 100 people attending. So that's that's pretty much. But, you know, I enjoy that. I enjoy sort of coming up with those ideas and then letting Adam run with them. It's because I think from my side, because I'm a daydreamer, I will think of them and I sort of get that satisfaction of just having that thought. Adam then implements that and sort of makes it real life. So that works well together. <laughs> yeah, 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 it definitely works well. It's sort of a good compliment. So Adam, it sounds like you have some marketing experience. How did you come into that role? Yeah, um, so I, previously to Blend, um, used to be the marketing director for an educational app company. Um, so kind of going way back, I've had a lot of different careers. I've been in management consulting. I've actually been a teacher. Um, I then went to work for an ed, ed tech app. Um, and I think yeah, the, the thing for me is that in my role as kind of you know, a, a director of marketing, I got to understand kind of fundamentals of marketing a lot better. I'd always kind of been interested in business and studied economics and marketing at university, but kind of got it to put it into practice. But I think the nice thing about e-commerce is, is that there isn't that kind of feeling of kind of an old boys club. You know, it's a very new industry, realistically. You know, essentially industry is, is pretty much about 20 years old. So when you come into industry, you can be a bit more playful. Um, you can try things out. You can give things a go. And look, there's been certain things that we put out there that are complete rubbish. Um, have absolutely bombed. Um, on the other hand, there's been some things you know, that have, have pretty much gone viral. So it's, you know, I think the nice thing for me is that I've learned a lot since being in this role about kind of the things that do work and that don't work. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just love, I, I think for me, the thing I love about marketing is that ability to know that you've either changed someone's opinion or you've piqued someone's interest. And I think as a marketer, that's what drives me is that when I know that we put out, you know, an awesome event or an awesome white paper that's got someone to either pick up that phone or fill in that contact form, that's kind of where that great feeling comes from me. That what kind of gives me that spark of, look, we put something out there, something that I wrote or that we wrote or we created that has made someone take an action. It kind of sounds a bit like I'm a bit of a dictator, Um I don't know if, if that comes across or not, but yeah, I like it. So I'm going to run with it. <laughs> well, it's nice knowing that you have an impact on someone, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I've enjoyed our interview today. Is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you guys wanted to share? I think, look, it's it's been great to be on Virginia and, you know, um, me and Peter being on this together, we're, we're really grateful for that. It's not often that we get an opportunity to, to both speak at the same time, probably because I tend to do most of the talking and speak over him. <laughs> so uh, I hope I've uh, given you given the share Yay, today. You gave me a chance. That's good. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you very much for having us. You're welcome. Where can we go to learn more about you guys and what you do? Yeah, sure. So you can go ahead and visit blendcommerce.com. Alternatively as well, do check us out on LinkedIn, Adam Pierce, P-E-A-R-C-E, uh, or Peter Gardner, and then which is Gardner, G-A-R-D-N-E-R. -E um, there's lots of, you know, interesting stuff, I think, for e-commerce people on there. If you want to have a good laugh in the morning, then uh, our posts are probably good for you too. So yeah, blendcommerce.com or grab us on LinkedIn. Awesome. Thank you guys so much and have a great day. You too. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review. And I'll catch you on the next episode.